Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 31 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. O Lord, soften our hearts and increase our understanding today. Help us learn more about you in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we find Jesus is angry in Mark chapter 3. There was a man with a withered hand in the synagogue, and it was the Sabbath. The Pharisees watched him carefully to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath, something that would have been against their law. Verse 5 says, and he glanced around at them with vexation and anger, grieved at the hardening of their hearts, and said to the man, hold out your hand. He held it out and was completely restored. Of course, Jesus healed this man. And of course, the Pharisees began plotting against him. But that didn't stop the Lord. He moved on, and the word says he retired at a lake. But he didn't really quit for the day because there were so many people who followed him that needed healing, and he healed them all. There were so many people pressing in on him that he told his disciples to have a boat ready. For there was no crowd control in those days, and he needed a way of not being crushed by the people and all their needs. We see God's love for his people as he healed every single person who came to him, even though he must have been tired. As Jesus healed people, he also put out demons from their spirits. The Pharisees accused Jesus of being possessed by demons, to which Jesus told parables. Then in verse 29, he says, But whoever speaks abusively against or maliciously represents the Holy Spirit can never get forgiveness. But this is guilty of and is in the grasp of an everlasting trespass. This he said in response to the Pharisees' accusation. I had previously thought that one had to say something against the Holy Spirit himself to be considered blaspheming him. However, as I researched this, blaspheming the Holy Spirit means speaking unbelief about Jesus as the Holy Spirit has shown one that he is, in fact, the Messiah, the Christ. So Jesus was warning the Pharisees to be careful here. Be very, very careful because they were very close to saying something that would be something they could never be forgiven for. In his warning, Jesus showed his love even for the Pharisees, the men who would eventually put him to death. Let us pray for those close to us who have not received Jesus as their Savior, that they would accept and receive him without committing this irreversible sin. Well, Romans chapter 3 is a most distinguished letter by Paul. He compares the Jewish people with the Gentiles and tells us that all people are alike and that all people sin. Verse 10 says, as it is written, none is righteous, just and truthful and upright and conscientious. No, not one. This was also written by David in Psalm 14, verse 3. As Paul compares the Jewish people to the Gentiles, he writes about the law given specific, specifically to the Jewish nation long ago. Verse 20 is in, underlined in my Bible because it taught me what the law was meant to do. It says, for no person will be justified made righteous, acquitted, and judged acceptable in his sight by observing the works prescribed by the law. For the real function of the law is to make men recognize and be conscious of sin, not mere perception, 
but an, an acquaintance with sin, which works towards repentance, faith, and holy character. The law shows us where we fail, not necessarily succeed, because we are all sinners, as verse 23 says. And since all have sinned and are falling short of the honor and glory which God bestows and receives. So since we are all sinners, we are unable to save ourselves. Hence, the reason for our Savior, the reason he was sent to die for us. We must rely on God's gift of his son's sacrifice to save us. There is nothing else that will. We must accept it freely. There is nothing we can do to earn this gift. Although we are provided this gift, the one thing we must do to receive it is believe. Believe in the one who died to give us eternal life with him and his father. This is grace. Grace is defined by Merriam-Webster as unmerited divine assistance given humans for their regeneration or sanctification, a virtue coming from God, a state of sanctification enjoyed through divine assistance. We are sanctified by the help and only with the help of God. And our faith seals this deal. The last thing Paul argues is that this doesn't mean we don't follow the law. In fact, through grace and our faith, we will desire to uphold the law, the new law, which is love. And if we love as Jesus commanded us, we will not want to break the law because all the no's are born in love. We would not want to steal, kill, covet, and etc. if we are walking in love. Well, let's see what's happening with Moses and Pharaoh today in chapter 11. The Lord tells Moses this last plague will be the last thing needed to assure the release of the Israelites. God plans to take the lives of all the firstborn children of the Egyptians, including Pharaoh's son. The firstborn was considered the head of the family in relation to all the other children. They were sanctified for God's use. And God chose to slay the firstborn from every family and livestock of the Egyptians. This could be seen as symbolically removing the sanctification from the entire Egyptian race. It is symbolic of Jesus, the firstborn of God, being slain for the world's sins. In chapter 12, God tells Moses and Aaron that this month, this month is to be considered a new month for them. The first month of the year for all time. He gave them specific instructions about a unblemished lamb to be slaughtered, cooked, and eaten in very specific ways. Blood from the unblemished lamb was to be put on the lintel above the door and the two side posts of the Israelites' houses. God was in the details then, and he is still in the details today. He gave them very detailed instructions about this new month and how to perform the actions needed to create the first Lord's Passover Verse 12 says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment, proving their helplessness. I am the Lord. The Lord also instructed Moses that this night would be celebrated for all future generations. Of the many instructions God gave Moses that night was one about the bread they ate. They would eat unleavened bread that first Passover and then for the first seven days of the Passover celebrations in the future. Leaven symbolized corruption and sin. So all leaven, a symbol of corruption and sin, would be put out of their houses during that first night and then as celebrated in the future. When God slew all the firstborn, Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and told them to leave, take their flocks and go serve the Lord. 
Interestingly, he also asked Moses to ask God for a blessing for himself. The Israelites asked the Egyptians for their gold and silver jewels and clothes, and they were given them as they asked. God's favor went before them and provided for his people. He showed his love and favor to his people that night. They had been in captivity for 430 years when God let them out of Egypt. Well, Psalm 31 finds King David in distress. One commentary puts David very ill because of the distress he had over the sin he committed, which resulted in losing 70,000 of his people. We see his distress in verses 9 and 10. Still, he finds God's goodness. Still, he worships God. In fact, he ends the psalm advising us to love God. His last verse says, be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Well, his advice is, advice is perfect for us today as well. When bad things happen, a lot of us tend to blame God, but David advises differently. He tells us to be strong and courageous, even in the face of our difficulties. And he tells us to hope for and expect God, God's deliverance from whatever is troubling us. God is just and he is faithful. He shows us his faithfulness as he made a way to free his people and give them favor on their way out of captivity. He is still the same God today. Let us be hopeful that he will deliver us as well. Let us continue to hope in God as David tells us to. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for being faithful to us, your servants. Thank you for your word that demonstrates your faithfulness to your people. Help us lean into you, Father. Increase our faith and belief in you and help us hope in you and expect your deliverance in our lives. May we lay our burdens at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word. 